By the time you hear this podcast, you'll be ready to buy yourself a pair of Inglewood's finest shoes. Pop, pop, it's showtime. 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 Guess who's back again? Oh, they don't know. Go on, tell Oh, they don't know. Go on, tell I bet they know as soon as we walk in. Shut up. I'm wearing Cuban licks. Yeah. Designer mix. Yeah. Inglewood's finest shoes. <laughs> don't look too hard. Might hurt yourself. Known to give the color red the blues. Woo, shit. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. <laughs> Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with another episode. And oh, that song was a lot shorter than I thought. Yeah, it's that only version. two minutes, 39 <laughs> seconds. And it's dope. Oh my God. I never knew I needed that remix. <laughs> Bad. That's really good. All right. So, um,. Everyone, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for everyone who's been listening and watching and downloading and listening to it while you're at work, uh, laughing to yourself and people are looking at you funny. We appreciate putting yeah. yourself out there like yeah. that. <laughs> um, we're not liable for lost wages. Yeah. We cannot. Yeah. We, we do not assume responsibility for that. Yeah. So just. But thank you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you cool. <laughs> All right. So, um. Uh, for everyone who's doing all that, we, uh, again, thank you. And um, if you want to tell people about it, there are d- several different ways in which you can reach the podcast or to get some kind of news about it. Uh, you can check out our website by the time you hear this dot com uh, blog style website with links and videos to um, topics that we discuss. You can also go to our Facebook page. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, you're already there. Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Now the website and the Facebook page 
uh, URL spelled with the word U Y O U. If you want to catch up with us on Instagram, we're at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Uh Yes, we are. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com in which you can give us your, uh, you can ask us questions, give us your concerns, your comments, your um, show ideas, if you have any. And if you're an independent artist, we will play your music at no charge. And if you want to listen to us on the go, there are several different options. Um, once again, I'm welcoming Ben back to the dark side. Uh, who He has an iPhone again. Uh, so the Apple podcast app is where you can find us if you have an iPhone. If you have an Android phone, Google Music. Use the Google Music app, not Google Play. Google Music is where you can find podcasts. Uh, we're also on Podomatic, CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and Auto Radio, and pretty much any other aggregate podcast app you can find. So lots of options to listen to us. And um, yeah, let's get into the show. So we do have a guest, and uh, well, he's a he's a, a, a co-host. Say the third wheel. <laughs> the third wheel. Like of this at this point, it's just like your cousin is at the house. Yeah, <laughs> he came by, but he's not really here. It's Studio Magic. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah, that's. I what... was so tempted. I was so tempted to chime in. It's like I'm Greg. I'm Ben, <laughs> and I'm Brandon. <laughs> But uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think this is what we call our our podcast cousin. Yeah, <laughs> our <laughs> podcast cousin, uh, Brandon, uh, aka Father Clef, uh, aka Hawk Jones. You know all those all those sketches now are on YouTube. All the uh, Dave Chappelle sketches. So. Oh all yeah, the, yeah. Father Clef. What's interesting? Even the pixie one. The one that yeah, he like he walked off want, the show yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's even on. That. He got the Netflix, that Netflix money now. He's like, oh, oh it don't matter. Now. All wounds can heal. You know, <laughs> we still ain't coming back to Comedy Central. Though. No. They've been trying to replace him ever <laughs> since, and just failing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Remember the Carlos Mencia experiment? Anyway, um, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> So this uh, reminds me of high school. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Brandon, are you, uh, what do you, uh, have you been up to anything musically, uh, working on any new projects, any remixes? Um, as of effect? now, I've just been focusing on trying to put out more talk box covers. Oh, nice. And I have, I have like, I have like a, uh, few of them like set to go they just need to be recorded but my issue is is that i need to get my wisdom teeth taken out (laughs) oh god so it's hard to play talk box when you need your wisdom teeth taken out so once that's all taken care of then it'll be back-to-back stuff yikes i don't know the pain of it because i i still have mine but they're not coming in but I've heard it's hell. Like, if you still have them, I heard it's pretty bad. It is not fun. Yeah. It is not fun at all. RHL is my best friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, if you, you might need uh, painkillers, unless you're like Cam Newton and you don't want to take any at all. Did he say that? <laughs> yeah, Cam Newton doesn't take painkillers. 
He doesn't even take aspirin. Because he's Superman. However, he's from I, did see, I did see an interview where Teddy Riley said he purposely had his wisdom teeth taken out to play purposely to take to play talk box. But like I unfortunately I need mine gone. <laughs> that's an interesting so I, I wonder if work uh, out. that's interesting. I didn't know that I'm looking now to see if Peter Frampton got his taken out too. <laughs> right? Or did uh did uh Roger Troutman ever do it? Yeah, like everyone everyone's fair game now. I'm wondering. Like that's an interesting thing. I guess it does it might make it a little bit easier, yeah. Or um I can't remember their, uh, his name, but the dude from Chromio. Oh, He's yeah. hilarious. Uh, that dude Q. looks, he looks funny. They were on Run, not Run's house, um, Live at Daryl's. Yeah. And they were like <laughs> yeah. doing, um, they did Family Man, their cover of Family Man. And he started singing the chorus on TalkBox. And it was awesome. <laughs> and it's hilarious because so they're awesome. just in a barn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> So yeah, um uh so I guess we'll look out for uh some new covers and new remixes coming from you pretty soon then. Or sure. I guess for the next couple months or whenever you recover, whenever yeah. that is. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, I'm so not looking forward to it. But it must be done. Yeah. Uh so we do have some uh some music news we can get into here. Um so uh there a few days ago anyone who's who listened to um alternative music in the 90s was probably a, a fan of the Cranberries mm-hmm. and lead singer Dolores O'Riordan uh passed away um this was on um she passed away on Monday this past Monday at age 46 um, there are not many details around the, um, per, about her death, about any of the circumstances. Um, she was in London to, um, I think she was recording some stuff with the Cranberries. I don't know if they're doing new music or, or what project they were working on exactly, but, um, yes, yeah, she was found, um, in, it's a hotel, right? Yeah, in a hotel, in her in her hotel room, and um, yeah, it's a it's a us to kind of to one of the, I guess I don't know if they're forgot, but kind of like the, I don't know if they're underappreciated or how much or if they're actually appreciated the right amount, however you want to put that. It was a long time ago, and I mean, yeah. it's it's one of those artists where. You know, for one, they're not not British. What they're from? Um, they're Irish. The Irish. I was going to say Scottish, but they're Irish, and they'd get mad if they heard me say that. Um, and the footprint in the U.S. probably wasn't as big as other bands. I'm pretty sure, you know, over in the U.K., there's you know, it's probably a little bit of a bigger deal than it is here. Um, but anyway, I mean, I was a fan. I'm not going to sit here and say I was a huge fan. I mean, I love Zombie. I love Linger. And there are a couple of other songs I like I like by them as well. And, you know, someone to be, what, 46, 47 years old? Like, that's that's young in the grand scheme of things. That's, yeah. yeah. You know? That's really young. So, it sucks, man. Like, it's, you know, but the music will live on. And her voice is haunting. Like, it's a really beautiful, like a yeah. really nice voice, you know? 
she was the first, that was the first time I'd heard like any form of yodeling in a pop rock song. Um, You know, if you listen to the song dreams, that's Mm -hmm. my favorite song by the cranberries. Yeah. Yeah. So they brought up their own, they brought like the, the hometown sound and put it in their music. Yeah. Um, Which a lot of times is a risky thing. Yeah. But if it's part of who you are, then, you know, you'll make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anyone who wants, who's like looking for details, if you're that kind of person about uh, the circumstances surrounding her death, uh, they won't be released until April. Which I found oddly specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, the family, her family may be notified of the results prior to the, the to the hearing. And they, it could be up to them to decide if they want to uh, release those to the public. So um, it doesn't seem like there's no report of any foul play or anything like that. Uh, It's just uh, an untimely, tragic death. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure music fans around the world will miss her. Yeah. So rest in peace to Dolores O'Riordan. Um. Moving on to uh, a couple of other artists that we have we have already lost. Um, some of their music is going to be on display and, in different ways, and it's always I guess it's a weird thing now because on the the last episode we talked about the the documentary about Michael Jackson's, Jackson's photo shoots. Yeah, that was weird. And there's a, a lawsuit <laughs> going on with that. Like we're we're talking about some photos here, yeah. but. Um, uh, it's it can, it's understandable how um, you don't want an artist to be exploited even in death. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess some some good news on on this front here. Uh, Quincy Jones has been uh, given the task of putting on a tribute concert for the thirtieth anniversary of. Michael Jackson's classic single man in the mirror. Uh, it is actually going to be streaming on YouTube tonight. <laughs> so, um, you'll be able to, to catch that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the show is going to be, will feature in reinterpretations of man in the mirror from several artists, including Cita Garrett, who was a background <laughs> vocalist on the original. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just going to be a concert. <clears throat> Of covers of Man in the Mirror. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Now that I hear it out loud, like that's really strange. And for the fifteenth time, <laughs> I need to see Man this. in the Mirror. I wonder if Glenn, because Glenn Ballard was a writer on it too, right? Yeah, Glenn Ballard and um, the late Andre Crouch, I believe. What's he doing? Is he going to come out and do Glenn it? Glenn Ballard? Uh, is, is he still with us? Is he still in the let league? Me, let me look. Let me look. <laughs> Because I know um, I saw a concert where Patrick Leonard, who was a longtime co-writer, collaborated with Madonna, did like piano medleys of songs he wrote with her. Mm. So I could see Glenn Ballard in it. Yeah, he's still with us. He is 64 and is from Mississippi. I would have never got that. Mm. Um, Went to Ole Miss. But yeah, I could see, you know, something like that happening. That'd be pretty cool. There will also be uh, YouTube is hosting a concert with Korean music label SM. And it will be on SM's uh, YouTube channel. And oh, they also man, my have... wife will love this. <laughs> is she into is she into K-pop? 
It's very much so. And when I Googled the man in the mirror thing, it's the first thing that came up. <laughs> uh, it will also feature uh, a duet with Cedar Garrett and K-pop star. I don't know if that's pronounced Boa or B-O-A. Um, now, now, I don't know about you, but after that video. Yeah, I can't look at this the same. I can't look at K-pop artists the can same. Like, not. I just feel bad for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't uh, help but wonder when's the last time they got some sleep, or you know, oh, had a good meal. It's yeah, it's really rough for them. Yeah, or if they've ever seen any money from all their work, money, like a that? cent, <laughs> anything. Salary, and it's like that? with them, it's not just music; it's television shows, commercials, yeah. movies, yeah, cartoons in some cases. Yeah, it's really sad. <laughs> That's why I worry about like BTS, like, oh, they're crossing over to America now. To get free. Like just... <laughs> Can they go? Can they get free though? I don't know. Maybe it's like, oh, this is bad. Why am I doing this? Maybe it's this is like they're Canada. And if they can get there, they're free. <laughs> like you can't bring them back. Like if you got to New York, they could bring you, you back. You know what I thought you were going to say? <laughs> I thought you were going to say something um how like, Russian athletes defected to America or how, how Cuban players got to America hey. to play baseball. Yeah, I went, I went, I went even more old school. I'm taking it back to the fugitive slave lost son. <laughs> <laughs> like they couldn't like getting just to like, you know, to Japan. That was New York. They had to go further and get to Canada, which was California. And now it's like, they can't, they're like, no, you can't send us back now. <laughs> you can't. Wait, no, no. We're free Please men. Please don't send me back home. We're free men now, so yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of history about the song Man in the Mirror. Uh, it was the fourth consecutive number one hit from Bad. Um, and it's and, still considered an underachiever album, people. Still yeah. Considered an underachiever. Only because it came out af- because it was after Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> fourth, wow, yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. It was the fourth of five. Jesus. <laughs> um, so it held the number one spot for two weeks. It was nominated for record of the year, but lost to Bobby McFerrin's. Don't worry. Be happy. Tragic. <laughs> and um, like I said, it was the, the, there were five number one singles from bad. The only other artist to match the feat of five number one singles from one album is Katy Perry with Teenage Dream. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And uh, Cedar Garrett said she personally drove the demo to Quincy Jones's house to, and handed it to him. And he said he, he called me back. She said he called me back a couple of hours later. Like, this is the best song I've heard in like 10 years. Mm. And Michael Jackson called her after that. The first thing he said to me was, I love this song. The next thing he said to me was, I love your voice. So. That's why she was saying background. Oh, so she demoed it then. Okay. Yeah. I would like to get my hands on that demo. I bet it's out there. Yeah, it probably is. Hmm. But yeah, so look for a... uh, It'll be on YouTube. Look for SM's YouTube channel. And uh, you'll be able to see the concert. And another concert being put on, this will be in April, is from Prince's Estate, in which there's going to be... Um, some video that has been remastered of never before released material. 
and there'll be some longtime collaborators and very special guests. So uh, I expect Morris Day to be there. Oh, yeah. I'm Probably sure. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, maybe mint Morris. condition. I don't know how Minneapolis would they want to make this. Well, I mean, they said <laughs> yeah. it's, it's happening in Minneapolis. So, I mean, like, just bring them all out, man. <laughs> get flight time. They go ahead and get Bring yeah, let's everyone. Get everyone. Yeah. See what Bob Dylan's doing. You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's going to be called Prince Live on the Big Screen, and it's going to be a four day event. Um, oh, man. On April. I don't know. How... Yeah. You go ahead. I don't know how I feel about that. A four day event? It's like, because it's not, it's like the whole thing in, in general, because it's like, you know, he's sitting somewhere like, no. No, no, <laughs> please no! <laughs> Don't do this. But it's like I can't. It's like being a fan, I can't help but want to see. Oh yeah, me too. Unreleased mm-hmm. stuff. Is that if there are was it like tens of thousands of tapes? Yeah, I would love to hear <laughs> that. There, there are whole albums. There are. I think there were whole Vanity Six and Apollonia Six <laughs> albums that were never released. Oh man. <laughs> um. And just just tons of music that was that was never released. And like, what's what are we supposed to what's supposed to be done with it? Is it never supposed to be heard or True. like what what is supposed to be? What was the intention? I mean, I know he may have made music because that's what he was and that's what he loved to do. Yeah. But if no one hears it, does it lose like it's. Is it less precious? And what because was he it, waiting for? Like what, what? I mean, like is he? Is he? You know, was he Dr. Dre before Dr. Dre? Where he's just like, nah, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. It's not good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the right he's moment. He's got a hundred detoxes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like what? It's is, like that. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, did it really fall or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Did it really make a noise? If Prince bit, made yeah. an album and no one heard it, did Prince really make an album? <laughs> <laughs> and I bet, I, and I would I mean, I would love to hear the stuff, but yeah, I have to agree. He's probably sitting up somewhere, just like, hey, we know how he is about people performing his music, <laughs> so he's probably not a huge fan of that. And B, you know, like it was unreleased for a reason. So, yeah, maybe if they just release a little does bit. Warner Brothers okay. have anything to do with it? Oh, I'm sure they do. Um. I, they're not mentioned here. There's I, only I don't three think... companies that could have anything to do with it. There's not. Oh well, you, Univer. It well. Okay. Well, let, let, we'll, let me get to that in just a second. Um, <laughs> it's going to be at the Target Center in Minneapolis. Tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. So if you're in Minnesota, it's going on sale um, pretty soon. Well, tomorrow morning. So set your alarm clock. Um, <laughs> There was, uh, this also comes on the heels of there was a, uh, an, uh, exhibit of Prince memorabilia in London last October, a book, a photo book called Prince, a private view, which with a forward written by Beyonce, uh, Showtime aired the sign of the times concert film, which I had seen clips of before, but I didn't know it was out of print. So it's, it's not, it's probably not even on DVD <laughs> at best Laserdisc. At best, Ooh, <laughs> sounds like an adventure. <laughs> uh, but just say it like, despite all of that's been going on, um, Prince's business affairs are mired in legal issues. Of course, last July, I think we talked about this. A Minnesota judge rescinded much of the 
Universal Music Group's $31 million deal with the Prince Estate after determining that it did not include distribution rights to the singer's music recorded before 1996. Those rights are still owned by Prince's former label, Warner Brothers, until 2021. So I have a a beef with Warner Brothers for more than one reason right now. (laughs) (laughs) This just adds to it. So it, it's it's mainly print stuff, but it's also that they didn't give me everything they should have for Justice League. But that's a different topic. Ooh, mm. off air, off air, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, I got you off air. <laughs> uh, but in in this case, um, well, I don't think Warner Brothers can do anything about this. What's like, like as far as like, the, I don't think they get a piece of this unreleased music. Probably not. I'd hope not. But this just kind of shows me, you. That's just me being petty. But I, I hope not. <laughs> like when the with the rumors around, they were circling, circulating like, oh, they want to kill me. They want me dead. Like, if you really think about it, and this is so messed up, he's worth more dead than he was alive. Yeah. Because now he can't stop them. <laughs> like his estate exactly. and his estate, you know, they're they're going to want to make money. So like, yeah, he's he is literally worth more to us dead then he was alive. Same thing probably with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. You're worth more to us dead than alive. And so I not mean, to go there as far as being conspiracy brother, but I'm just saying. I mean, it's that way of life. Like, it's that way with Michael yeah. Jackson. It's Elvis still makes money. Yes. Elvis, Elvis was, still makes money. And it's, especially when you have these artists who like towards the end of their career, like an Elvis, like you're not <clears> what you used to. You're, like you're clearly not what you used to be. Look at you, man. You're just not what you used to be. You died on a toilet. Not what you used to be. So, like, go ahead and die, and we'll just make money tributing to you, <laughs> re-releasing things, making movies about you. We'll we'll make so much money when you die. And you know they're just sitting there waiting for the phone call. Like, ring, ring. Hello, he's dead. Click. Ah, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> like, now we can start like you know memorializing Elvis and start making money again. <laughs> like, and it's so sad. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's so more like shouldn't the money I feel like the money should go to like his immediate family. Yeah, like, OK, we got um, Priscilla and Lisa Marie. The money should go to them. Yeah. As far as anyone else. I mean, if you wrote the songs, OK, you're getting royalties, if but not. it shouldn't. I feel like it shouldn't be more than that. Otherwise, it it, it borders on on uh, exploitation. Yeah. Sam Perkins ain't here no more. Yeah. Just don't. <laughs> the Colonel, he ain't here. The Colonel. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I agree. And it's, and I mean, honestly, as our, um, as many of these, you know, huge stars begin to get older and, um, aren't able to produce like they used to, you're, we're probably going to start seeing this more because now we are getting to that, that, you know, that time in history where a lot of these artists that were, that are huge in our legends, are getting up there in age. You think about the Rolling Stones, probably worth more dead than alive. You know, and they're they make, old. They're making a new. Were they making a new album? They're still making with, music uh, and they're still touring. But like, dudes from Blur, I think we're working. Are they with for them. real? <laughs> yeah, I, but I mean, like, we're gonna we're gonna get there though. Where like a lot of these artists will be worth more to us dead than alive, and people will just be sitting there waiting. And if you want to be the conspiracy conspiracy person, maybe they try to push it along to make it happen a little quicker, but. We're getting to that age where they're going to be worth more dead than alive. And it's it's kind of a scary thought. 
and a, another and another artist. I, I I didn't look. I didn't click on the article, but uh, Joe Perry from Aerosmith yeah. is making a solo album. Oh no, man! Uh, Did anyone yeah. tell him how Air- <laughs> Steven Tyler sounded? Like it, <laughs> it sounded really. He was trying to make an album that like a thirty year old would make. <laughs> and you know how we were talking about like how uh, bands don't. How some bands don't even record the album. Yeah, they have session musicians yeah. do it. That was a, I think that was a case with Aerosmith. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be so surprised. Like, what, do you, what, do we, what, do we, what are you going in there for? Yeah. No, no, who wants to hear Joe Perry sing? I don't even know what he sounds like. <laughs> He's, I never heard uh, him talk. I've heard one song. There was a B side to a single they released. Um, I think "Falling in Love Is Hard on the Knees." The B side to that song called "Falling Off." He sings. And like as a kid, I was like, he don't sound like Steven Tyler. Who is this? <laughs> and it was only like twenty years later I found out. Oh yeah, that was Joe, that was Joe Perry. I was like, oh man, okay, he's not very good. <laughs> he was decent. He got through the song. You know, there's a reason it was a B side. <laughs> yeah, um, so we'll see how Habit was going forward with with those with those projects, um, especially with the Prince. What I'm interested because that's three months away. Like something yeah. could happen to where we still don't hear any anything from the vault. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to well, let's get to the charts really quick. Um, the Hot 100, the number one song is "Perfect" by the most influential <laughs> artist in black music. I gave his records on the drive back last Friday night from recording. I listened to most of "Multiply." Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. And there is a track where, because then I read his story and how, like, you know, he basically got discovered by Jamie Foxx. It's because the dude's rapping. Like, there's a track where he basically just raps. Like, he does acoustic rap. I guess that's big in the UK. I don't know. But it's not well, it's, it's, not it's bad. A, it's a, in the UK, it's okay to experiment with rap. Yeah. It's okay Cl- to, to try a couple things. <laughs> if it doesn't work, yeah. then you, you do something else. Yeah. But. It's not okay in America. <laughs> in America, they're like, hey, man, that's not cool, man. But I actually like rap. No, nah, I man, you can't do that. But I like rap music. <laughs> I like it. Um, number two, Havana by Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. She's breaking out, man. She's breaking out. Number three, jumping up from number 35. Yeah, that's a jump right there. Finesse by Bruno Mars featuring <laughs> loving hip hop legend Cardi B. With the in living color ripoff in the video. Well, it was a tribute. They tribute it. Yeah, it was a tribute. Number four, uh, Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage. Number five, No Limit by Gerald Easy featuring Aesop Rocky <laughs> and loving hip hop legend Cardi B. Number six, Thunder by the retired 2K legends Imagine Dragons. Number seven, Bad at Love by Halsey. Number eight, Too Good at Goodbyes by Sam Smith. Debuting at number nine, Filthy by Justin Timberlake. And number 10, Motorsport by Migos, Nicki Minaj, and loving hip-hop legend Cardi B. He still got it, man. Number nine. What's All right. But Filthy was like the, the... the worst of the two and that's what i'm saying like he's still <laughs> right he still got that pull man like it was just like i can fart on a track you know? <laughs> uh let's get to the albums uh number one is still the greatest showman soundtrack mm-hmm. uh hot off their uh golden globe winning song this is me 
Number two, divide by the most influential artist in black music. Number three, uh, I know is by Gerald Easy. The Beautiful and the Damn. The Beautiful and Damn by yes. Gerald Easy. Number four, 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Number five, Stony by Post Malone. Number six, Reputation by The Fake News of Pop Music. Number seven, Revival by Eminem. Number eight, Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Number nine, Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho by Huncho Jack. <laughs> that is that is interesting. Yeah. And number ten, The Thrill of It All by Sam Smith. And let's see though, let me pull it up here. The Artist One Hundred. All right, number one, and still number one for the second week in a row. The most influential artist in black music. No one's releasing an album, so he'll yeah. stay there until someone releases an album. <laughs> well, it's going to be then. It's going to be Justin Timberlake in a couple yeah. Of weeks. Yeah, releases, yeah, yeah, Man of the Woods. Uh, number two, the retired 2K Legends, staying at number two. They were number two last week. Number three, love and hip hop legend Cardi B. Yeah, and she apparently has more. Uh, more buzz than number four, Bruno Mars. The student has become the teacher. Is that what this is? <laughs> number five, Post Malone. Number six, Kendrick Lamar. Number seven, the fake news of pop music. Number nine. Number eight. Oh, excuse me. Number eight, Sam Smith. Number nine, Eminem. And number 10, Halsey. Uh, Justin Timberlake is at number 11. So, yeah, he's creeping up. He's, he's prepping he's for his takeover. There. Yeah. That's funny. Cardi B ahead of Bruno Mars. I wonder how he feels about that. <laughs> I'd be like, I put you on my remix. Like, <laughs> like it's my song. Yeah. I'm it's like, my hey, song. What, what's, what's going on here? What's the truth? <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, it's pretty interesting there. Um, uh, I just wanted to play this clip really quick because it's I, uh, I don't know if we, I don't think we played it on the podcast, but um, you heard a, a few months ago of the uh, someone made a video, Reggie Cuz, or it might be pronounced Cuz, I'm not sure, but made a video of if Quavo did the national anthem. <laughs> that was, was funny. We did play it on it here. Was and it was hilarious. So, <laughs> um, so uh, that went viral, of course. And then. Uh, Migos is very close to releasing Culture 2 and they may have a track called Culture National Anthem and I, when I heard it like it didn't sound that much different than the one that Reggie Coos made <laughs> it sounded just like it so we'll play like their, their snippet of uh, the Culture National Anthem uh. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, it's trying to be serious. And and it, this is that was playing it from their Instagram, in which there is footage of Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. and uh, Ralph Abernathy. Um, we have a road name for here in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ralph David Abernathy. <laughs> Um, getting arrested and uh, it was released on Monday on Martin Luther King Day. So um, <laughs> he's, tr- he's trying to do you think, hard, th- do you think there will be certain events in which that song will be played instead of the national anthem? I am certain. Like, is it, or is it trying to replace lift every voice and, and sing that's as what the I'm black thinking because like <laughs> there are instances where like cuz I know at the church my dad goes to that I went to in February like that's the hymn every, every Sunday. Sunday I went to church like that too lift yeah. every voice um and so and and like unlike in some like some Sundays like you've seen the first two verses and you skip the last one they sing every yeah, verse whole, you'll skip song. nothing oh, and lift every no. voice yeah it's it's a, it's a chore, man. <laughs> and so I could see this happening just because I don't know. I feel like, you know, the culture is going to hell in a handbasket. Maybe. I don't know. I could see someone in 15 years being like, you know, man, I didn't get it back then, but I get it now. And like they make it like they make it the song, you know, would you rather hear a complete version of that song or would you rather hear them do their own version of lift every voice and sing? Lift every voice and sing, just because mm-hmm. I just know like voice, voice, <laughs> mama. <laughs> we have come, come. <laughs> just like I could hear that happening, um, and yeah, I would. I don't know. I guess maybe I just want to hear Quavo do everything. Mm. I want to hear him sing "Stairway to Heaven." Just like <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't know I wanted that until just now. Let's petition him. Let's put that on his on his Twitter. Let's see if he'll do it. <laughs> um, well, one thing, of course, we want to get to here. Um, there have been a lot of um, stories about producers um, not being paid for their work, or at least. How they think they should be yeah. getting paid. Um, I believe it was for. Um, oh, I can't remember what song it was. I don't know if it was for uh, the song by Playboy Cardi or a song by Lil Uzi Vert to where uh, that wasn't uh, the singles. It, it were was released, um, it but, was Uzi Vert. Okay. Um, uh, the I believe the producer's name is TM88. Mm-hmm. And it's like like the song sold all these all these uh records and, and have like all these streams and stuff and he still has not been paid for it. That's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> yeah, and um and, and the record label uh has felt they don't have to pay him because um the it was released as yeah, mixtape uh, mixed well, single but, rather than a radio or an official album single. But it was it was the it was the case with that too. But the article that came out was about and it was like I think it was ASAP Ferg's last project, mm-hmm. and it was it came like they like they I guess they scaled it as a as a mixtape, and mixtapes generally don't have. Mixtapes generally have no budget to them. 
the then like in the traditional sense, you would hear rappers just rapping over other people's beats yeah. and giving away the mixtape for free. But now people try. Like I think it, that started with Drake, where a quote unquote mixtape would be nothing but original music. Yeah. All right. Um, so mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. So, so so naturally, like you would have like other producers, you would get like beats and everything from, but. I don't know. That was like it was like like back when Drake was doing it. Like the whole streaming thing wasn't really a thing. Like you could just download so far gone from like a website for free. But nowadays, like mixtapes are on like Apple Music, Spotify, and like bringing in money to like not only the artist but like the record label as well. But like and people are like being like these young. They're like very young. Like I noticed, this always happens to like very very young producers. It's like, oh, I put my beat on SoundCloud, and this big name person contacted me, want to buy my beat for two hundred dollars. Cool, I just came up. But you kind of just let go of everything for two hundred dollars yeah. without having your proper your Pub- proper uh, publishing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you yeah. if someone contacts you and you know who they are. Uh, Get yourself a lawyer, <laughs> manager, someone yeah. to draw up a contract so you are properly compensated. And you know, and maybe it's just the like you said, if they if they're if they're selling it for two hundred dollars, oh, I just came up. It's just the excitement of oh, someone, someone wants wanted, to buy yeah. it from me. Yeah, um, like, uh, like and, this big deal. Because like I like I get it. I like I get the whole the like I guess like being like older now. It's like that starry eyed, bright eyed, bushy tailed. Uh, like awe of like a famous person trying to contact me for it's like oh I'll buy your beat for your <laughs> you have it up there for two hundred dollars like like as a full grown adult now it's like yeah you can give me two hundred dollars now in my proper points on the record exactly make sure you get your yeah get your points make sure you have a publisher and that's the thing so I imagine a lot of younger people don't know how they get a publishing deal or what sort of power they hold as a content creator. Yeah. And I think that's a real problem, not just in the production, but like in general with IP. Because we're, we're looking at like, yeah. like we, we look, we look at producer, like the term producer is used a lot, Yeah, but they're actually composers. Yeah. They're songwriters. Yeah. Like you had, you, uh, like how, remember we talked about, um, <clears throat> with the Taylor Swift as Niles, something or other with the song she did with Calvin well, now Harris Solberg, that, was, yeah. that was written for Rihanna. So the way that it was broken up is Calvin Harris gets, gets paid for three different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One, he's a co-writer of the song. Mm-hmm. So he gets that Two, He's a performer because, yeah. uh, he played well, all the instruments or all the programming, whatever he did to yeah. put the song together. Three, he produced the song. Yeah. So we get paid three different ways, and uh, for a producer of something like if it was for EXO uh, Tour Life or something like that, yeah. and I have a clip here from when Jermaine Dupri talked about the uh, the guy who sold uh, the beat for uh, Coco by OT Genesis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to where if you're that producer for Coco, he should have been paid one as a songwriter, yeah. Because he did the instrumentation, mm-hmm. and two as a producer. Yeah. So, um, 
but unless that is supposed to be two hundred dollars, I'm not sure what the industry standards are. But I mean, <laughs> he should have been, you know, he should have been paid though at least those two ways um, for putting so the song it, together. It almost sounds kind of like, and I'm so looking at it almost like a photographer too. Um, one thing you'll hear photographers in, in certain circles say is never sell the rights to your photos because once you sell the rights to your photos, you don't own them anymore. Mm. So the person that buys mm. that photos and buys the rights to them can do with them whatever they please. So long as you retain your rights, I get to dictate what you can do with my foot, with my photographs. This is what it sounds like here. Like if you're selling it for 200 bucks, they're probably selling the beat and the rights to the beat and everything that comes along with it. And I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Brandon, but that's what it sounds like they're doing. Like they're that's, just that's, like, exact, that's exactly what they're doing as opposed to what, what they really should be doing is leasing it. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it's still mine. You know, the same reason why you, if you buy a CD, you don't have permission to just copy it and do with it which, as you please. You're just buying an actual mechanical, that's a mechanical copy of it. Like you can't just give it to other people. You own that copy and that's it. Or in the same way as like somebody sampling your song. Yeah. And that's what it exactly. seems like they're doing. They're just giving away everything. Like, oh yeah, I'll forego my rights to it. I just, just to, just to get a shot, just to get a chance, just to just get to my name out there. Say that I, I, like that's my beat, yeah. but like the like the horrible thing is like I f- I forget I forget the guy's name, but he works with Kanye West, and he was talking about the the producer who originally made the original beat for "Bitch Better Have My Money," mm-hmm. which it's the Rihanna record, mm-hmm. but it's like he had like a beat, like he had the beat itself, and he got to I guess it got to Kanye. And he did some Kanye stuff to it. And now suddenly the uh, original producer is just paid as a work for hire. Mm. And then like they try to pass it like some some people try to pass it off as like, oh, you're just paying dues. It's like, like, no, you're taking advantage of uh, of like like, I get it. Like I if I made a beat and you took it from it just being a beat to a, a number one hit record, I get I get that I played like just one part of it, but you have to pay me like that. Yeah. Like I'm a part of this, like give me my credit too. Yeah. Um, and not just pay me $500 and tell me to go on my way. And a pat on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And my name be nowhere in the credits. Like I can't like if like, like, like no one knows who like, and that's the interesting thing. Nobody's no knows who are producing these, like who, like who's like the actual producers, of these records until yeah. now, now that they're like coming out and saying so, it's like you never hear unless it's like unless it's like Timberland, uh, Pharrell, or Mike Will made it or uh, what's his name? He works with um, he works with Future a lot. Metro oh, Boomin, uh, Metro Me- or Boomin. Metro Boomin, you never see like produced by like a song title produced by random kid who put his song on. Yeah, SoundCloud. unless they have their. Uh, their uh producer tag on there yeah we have no idea who did it yeah and then i I think uh, probably in some cases if they if it's a beat that's been sold maybe someone found a way to like edit that part out Mm -hmm. Um, or they because i imagine then and i don't know much about this i'm learning about it are, are they getting the masters too so they can have all of the master tracks and then they can remix it if they want to they can remaster it if they want to they can take out the production tag if they want to, if there's one in there. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's like after, like at that point, like you're pure, purely like a work for hire. Like, no yeah. more than like hiring like a session, a session musician. Yeah, and we know how David Foster felt about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, and that's kind of what's messed up. You know, it's 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 sad, it, and it's kind of upsetting, honestly, because you you would think that like you know, oh man, like. I sell the beat for $200 and then I'm going to get, no, you're not going to get anything else. You get, I give you $200, you give me the beat and I don't ever see you again unless I happen <laughs> to come across another beat that I like that you did. Um, and it's like, yeah. oh, I'll bring you in on, I'll bring you in on a, uh, like I'll bring you into the, the camp and you'll like, you'll like produce for us as a like work for hire thing. Yeah. But you never hear anything else from that person ever again. And so that makes me wonder. Like, why have we never heard of Danger, Nate Danger Hills from um, The Clutch? Same thing with Carrie Hills. Mm-hmm. I know she started doing more singing, but both of them were a part of the team, his, you know, Timbaland's production songwriting team. Those are the only two I've heard of. And I know there's got to be more people from The Clutch. And, like, I, exactly. Those are the only two people I, I know of. From yeah. That. I imagine there's that, more. <laughs> that and their engineer. And I, her name escapes me for the yeah. moment. Which is funny that you say that, you know, the engineer, because I don't know why I just assumed that Timbaland engineered his own albums, but like, there's a lot of producers who don't know how to engineer. <laughs> they just don't. And there's a lot of engineers who will say they don't know how to produce, but you're doing, you're doing basic you're music production. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not making beats. Like it, I recorded once at a place called Rex Tracks in, um, Swanee. Yeah, I think it's in Swanee. Rich Six Dice. I don't know if you remember them. Mm, yeah. Um, I forget the guy's name, but like, I was like, oh, so are you our producer? He's like, no, I'm just the engineer. And he's like miking instruments. And he's like setting <laughs> levels. And I'm just like, you look like a producer. <laughs> you're just like, you know, like, yeah, you're not giving us pointers on how to arrange songs, but like, you're doing everything else. You're in there like, yeah, that snare sound doesn't sound that good. We're going to take, we're going to put a little more bass in it or take the trouble out. I'm like, you're producing. Just say it. Like, if you want to say you're an engineer too, but you're producing, just, to, just own it, man. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the engineer gets, gets credit on the, uh, the record of the year, Grammy. Yeah. The engineer, like, it's a, the artist, the producer, and the engineer mm-hmm. all get credit for that. So, uh, yeah. Um, what I do is I wanted to play this clip from uh, Jermaine Dupree who's on the Breakfast Club, uh, talking about the the producer that sold the beat for Coco, and it was sold for two hundred dollars, and then the single sold three million copies. <laughs> so Jeez. let's see what he uh, said about that. It's not playing. Hold on just a second. And play the other one. Producer, but I remember like um the producer that did um the Coco beat, right? Um for o- OT Genesis. Huh? He lived like down in like some no name part of Alabama, right? This little kid. And he made the beat on his <laughs> on his school computer. I went to go sign him to do give him a publishing deal. And he put the beat up on the internet for two hundred dollars. Wow. OT bought it. OT bought it and OT sold three million copies. Fair, that's fair business. That's that's fair business. I hate it's fair, fair business, but, but that's what I'm business. saying. They starting this themselves. They yeah. doing this themselves because they want they want the world to hear these beats so bad that they putting themselves in these type of situations. So it's like you gotta 
I mean, you know, how you get on is how you get on. I, I can't tell people what to do, but I'm saying that's a situation where that type of stuff happens, where you like, damn, I, he just gave me $200. He got him rafe. Well, hey, that, can, you, can you go back and get <laughs> No, rose. you can't go no, back. That's what I'm saying. Wow. You, you, you sold back. it. That's what yeah, you wanted. Yeah, you yeah, wanted yeah. everybody to Yeah, so that was the end of the clip. But, yeah. Um, I had to remember which song that was, and I was like, oh, man, that, okay, all right, yeah, I had to remember the song. Yeah, the damn like, song was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it was. It really was. Uh, I remember that song being all over uh, on Vine, people <laughs> using it in their Vines a lot. Um. And it's kind of same with the, uh, if he made, so he made the beat at school, mm. um, probably on the, probably on the, the, the Fruity Loops at school. So he was from a nowhere town in <laughs> Alabama. I was like, whoa, bruh, speak whoa. lightly. You are from Georgia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it reminds you of with, uh, like with Soldier Boy, he made, uh, Craig that Soldier Boy on, on Fruity Loops, and I think it was like a trial version. Yeah. Um, yep. But you had to try and make a beat in like 20 minutes or yeah. else it was shut off. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, I'm, I'm pretty certain there's like a lot of tutorials out there on, of how to make that beat on there. Yeah. And those, those, um, the, um, xylophone that he used has its own separate pack. Like if you go in there, like it's right there. Like they all kind of sound the same, but they're a little different. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's the Soldier Boy beat. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, uh, gotta get your, um, you get, get a, if you're, if you're producing beats, whether it's on your computer at school or the trial version of some software, <laughs> get a lawyer. Yeah. You gotta get a, get a lawyer or at least like join like AM, AM, uh, BMI, um, mm. join a, a, like a publishing company One or something publishing companies. to where like you can like, well, it's copyright, you know, it's copywritten. And then for the love of God, don't just sell the rights to the beat like, and just be like, oh, I'm wipe my hands of it. No, man, like get those royalties, like get them like they're just it's awesome. Like ask Angie like, Caro. <laughs> like I know me personally, like if I have like if I have like say like if I make like if I, if I make a beat and I'm like, oh, I could give this to an artist, I'll immediately like take it through uh I'm with B I'm with BMI but I also throw it through uh TuneCore. TuneCore is a very easy process and they'd like do everything for you for like seventy five dollars. Oh not bad per song. Okay. And it's you do it once you ain't gotta worry about it again. I think you pay like a like a yearly fee mm -hmm. of maybe thirty five bucks after that. But anything else I I wouldn't put anything that I would think that I would make money off of in the future up so it can be exploited. So that's why it's like purely like covers or things. I know I would never get clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it, cause it can be a sad story um, when you don't get properly accredited. And I just looked up to Encore. I'm going to join that. Thank you for the advice. there. <laughs> yeah. And like, really? uh, like they said in the, in the clip, uh, that kid can't go back and try to get no. get money for it's it. Yeah, it, it, it's, now he's it's the done. guy. He's the guy. I did that beat. I did that. I did that beat. Yeah. I mean, maybe no you could one's use gonna it as him. yeah. You use it as oh, uh, he might get more business, yeah. but it's hard to now. It's hard to prove. Yeah, you can't really prove that he made it because uh, he's from a nowhere town in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Same thing happened to the guy who um did the uh <laughs> the um all gold all gold everything for Trinidad James. No, I wow. love that beat. And I think it was even cheaper. He sold it for even cheaper. I he believe. sold it for a chicken sandwich. <laughs> a chicken sandwich and a thank you. Like and, uh, another um uh, another producer, uh, Crank Lucas, he uh, he sells his beats for a price online, mm-hmm. but uh, he still has the rights to them mm. to where, you know, you can he will if if someone used one of his beats and they made they sold millions of copies off yeah, of it, he would still yeah. get um, he would still get compensated. So he's probably part of BMI or TuneCore as well. Yeah. Royalties are. Like that insurance man, like that's, that's where the like, money is. Yeah, that's that's where the money is. I'd rather I'd rather my royalties than a big payday up front. Yeah, Matt. So Matt would tell me he told me about Clay Cook, who plays with Zach Brown. But before mm-hmm. Zach Brown got big, he co-wrote some of John Mayer's first album, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he was Ooh. getting royalty checks. He was like for hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> it's like I'm pretty sure that helped while he was you know kind of spinning his wheels with the Zach Brown band before they made it. It's like, oh, what's going on, Clay? Oh, just another royalty check from John. Just oh, another few thousand for me. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll man, that'll help. Oh no, keep my show money. <laughs> no, it'll be like, uh, yeah, yeah, give me, give me, give my check. I'd be nice. I like put it towards just you know gas for the think, van that we take around the southeast. Thank you. Your body is a wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, get those. Uh, yeah, get them royalties, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, that'll do it for our music news. Uh, brought to you by uh, Real Talk Tees. They made our wonderful T-shirts, as you can see here. Uh, you can go to realtalktees.bigcartel.com uh, if you have um, specific, uh, if you want to have a shirt designed, um, you can uh, talk to the founder and CEO of real talk tees to have a shirt made for you. Um, and he, uh, he made ours and I believe he put ours up on his website. If not, then I'm just going to ask him if he could put it up there. Cause he said he would, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he could order one of our shirts as well. He said at real talk tees, right on a uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah. Real talk tees on Facebook okay. and at underscore real talk tees on Instagram. He, um, He's been doing a lot of uh, custom orders the last few weeks, so it's uh, it's starting to blow up right now. So um, you can go to his website or his Facebook. We'll put that in the show notes um, to order a shirt that he already has or to have one designed for your specific needs or wants. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, uh, tell us about your earworm of the week. My earworm is because of our guest. Um he put this up. He put it up on Instagram, and he said this beat goes hard. And I said I'll be the judge of that. And <laughs> I checked it out, and this beat goes hard, man. This is um, we we still haven't we still don't know what to call it yet, but it's from Man of the Woods. Spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a this is not a country album. <laughs> if you thought that's what it was going to be, it's not country. It's not bluegrass. It's not folk. It's dope. That's what it is. Um, it's supplies, and it's I'm I'm waiting for the remix. Yeah, and you said the the Gucci should be on the remix. I think Gucci Mane should be on the remix. I wouldn't be surprised if he got if if he got Ti because I know they're tight. You know they did. Um, my love, right? Yeah, my love. Mm-hmm. Um, and dead and gone. So I wouldn't be surprised. Either would work though. 
either would work on this on this remix. All right. So we'll play Supplies, the newest single by Justin Timberlake, and we'll be right back. Yeah. Ain't no need to stop and girl. Supplies by Justin Timberlake. And uh, it's a very significant single because <laughs> it was produced by the Neptunes. Yeah. Could you tell? <laughs> Could we t- No. Yeah. It sounds, yeah. It sounds, they, they're evolving. That's all I can think of. Yeah. So uh, their first collaboration since uh, Justified. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I like that. I, I added it to the We Lit playlist. We Lit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. I had I didn't know like 
it was going to be the I knew I knew Pharrell was going to be a part of it, but I was like, oh, Chad's coming too. <laughs> this is awesome. Chad wasn't going to miss out on this. No. Oh no. no. <laughs> He's like, I made you just as much as Pharrell did. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, you can check that out on our BTTYHT earworms playlist on Spotify right now. What are supplies? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I got to know what the supplies are. I got to I got to figure that out once it gets on Genius. Like I can't wait to see the like memes for that now. <laughs> like first day first day of school. I got supplies. Oh, uh, that's going to be in a Target commercial. I could Watch. see that. I could totally see that. Yeah. Or uh, Office Max. <laughs> Staples. <laughs> I don't think he would. I hope he wouldn't do like a Taylor Swift esque. Um, I mean, the, the only one that I know that he's done that for for sure is um, for with McDonald's. I like. I'm loving it. Oh yeah, he did do that. I yeah. hope he's still making money off that, and he didn't get like an upfront payment. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he still makes money <laughs> off of that with every new McDonald's commercial. But yeah. I believe it's him, Pharrell, and Pusha T. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for that, for that, I believe, which is amazing to think yeah, that, that Pusha T had a hand in the McDonald's jingle. <laughs> oh man, um, you know, I feel like there's like there's a generation of kids who don't know that. What that that the I'm loving it comes from a Justin Timberlake oh. song. <laughs> Show them. Show the kids. <laughs> um. So uh our primary topic for tonight it's it's the most current album of the albums we've talked about. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um and it actually was released 14 months ago and you really don't see a lot of um you don't see artists pushing singles from an album 14 months later. Not anymore. Not, any- Not yeah. anymore at least. You know, there isn't the, like we talked about with Bad, Bad had, I'm, I'm not sure how many songs it had on it, but it had seven singles. Mm-hmm. Five of them went number one. You don't see albums do stuff like that anymore. Um, probably the closest we would get, well, probably later on, we talked about Katy Perry, uh, Teenage Dream. But mm-hmm. with, um, we're talking, of course, about Bruno Mars, 24 Karat Magic. In the air. Like, <laughs> the great <laughs> nominated for album of the year. Um, a a throwback album to people who know that it is a throwback album, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and then to others, oh, this sounds this sounds kind of new. It's not new. Oh Lord Jesus, don't let me find somebody that says it sounds new. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, I will give them an education. <laughs> so like, this uh, is a homage. Yeah, this is what this is. I mean, it's 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 almost. I guess you could kind of say this kind of like a tribute album. Um, yeah, you know, with electro funk and some new Jack swing and some straight up funk. Um, and then like, you know, the, the quintessential slow jam. Yeah. Eighties <laughs> and nineties R and B. Yeah. Um, and though, and people, his age, which would also be in our age group would appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. Um, so uh, let's get into it. Twenty four karat magic, uh, Brandon. I'll ask you your what was your first impression of the album? Like when the single Twenty four karat magic came out, 
Uh, what did, what were you thinking of then? Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just yes. You know, my it's like 24, like the, the first single 24K Magic sounds like to me a it sounds like if the time were to debut today. Mm. Okay. And it's like it's like it's almost like his what time is it? <laughs> um yeah, uh well Ben Ben, what did you think of it when you first heard the single? I, I didn't like Sorry it. to be so long winded. <laughs> no, it's fine. it's all right. No problem, Ben. <laughs> I actually didn't like it. Um I did not like twenty four karat magic. Um I did not like that's what I like. I got won over by Versace on the floor. When I heard Versace on the floor, I was like, now that's what I'm talking about. And then I heard Finesse. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) And then I heard Chunky. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) So that's what drew me in. I didn't really, I mean, like 24 Karat Magic grew on me. I still don't like that's what I like. And I think it's because um, I was forced to listen to it so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Versace on the floor was a huge standout for me as was finesse. Like the first time I heard finesse was when you played it for me. Um, I forget when it was. And I was like, Oh damn. Like that was really, I was like, that's a really, really good song. And of course, you know, I, I love new Jack swing. So yeah, I like, I was, of course I love that song. <laughs> um, yeah. When I first heard 24 carrier magic, I was, I was worried that, uh, the first thing I thought I was like, this is this is Uptown Funk Part Two. Yeah, and I don't mm-hmm. know if this album is going to be worth listening to. Um, I listened to the rest of it, I and I, I like the rest of it. I yeah. do like that's what I like. Um, uh, Perm was a, um, it was like part the time, part James Brown. Brown. Yeah, um, I like that. Uh, Versace in the floor. The, it was, it was the uh, the eighth grade uh, <laughs> dance song. Oh man, first kid, <laughs> first kid, <laughs> yes, yes, wow. first, first kid. kid. Uh, except for the part of you know taking the the dress off, but otherwise, <laughs> it sounds like yeah, sounds like a, a middle school dance uh, kind of song. Um. And finesse, finesse is my favorite song on the on the album. It, like I said, it sounds like all of the uh, guy Keith Sweat, Johnny mm-hmm. Kemp, Bobby Brown. You can stand. Yeah, you said finesse. Yeah, yeah. I want her. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, this is a a straight straight up New Jack Swing song. Like even with the orchestral and, hits, like yeah. he's even. Got, like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are what are were some tracks that like kind of stood out to you? I guess aside, aside from Twenty Four Karat Magic, Brandon, I, I would say well, Finesse is my favorite song off the entire album. But other than that, I would say my, I guess my my close close second would be Calling on My Lovelies because that's that because that's like Bobby Brown all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Let's play a little bit of that. Let me cue it up here. This is calling on my lovelies. Yeah, it's like he like I don't is he he studied the right people to make this record. I will say that. 
Now, if this were a Bobby Brown song, do you think it would have been written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis or Babyface? I don't know. Hmm. I would lean towards face. Yeah, I'll say like this. <laughs> and I, you, I, I call it face, face on purpose. <laughs> I was like, with all the with all the synth and the like, it it does have baby face written all over it, and like there's especially with yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, face, face, face with this. <laughs> and of course, how, how face did not write it, but yeah, they they're doing a good face impression. Okay, Brandon, how recently did you watch the new edition story? <laughs> no, nah, it's just that every time every time I see baby face pop up anywhere, it's like, oh man, I got face. I'm gonna call Jam. Come on, Terry. That mouse do for you? Like, who calls him face? <laughs> I'm sure someone does. No, Yo, what's up, Face? L.A. Reid don't even call him Face. <laughs> nah, I don't think anyone calls him Face. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, no one calls him Kenneth either. I probably. <laughs> I wonder what his wife calls him. Hmm. Calls him, hey, baby Face. Like, no, just call me baby. But or hey, maybe man, he, hey, Kenny. he insisted on face. That's probably what it was. He, like, maybe face himself insisted on being called face. <laughs> just, just call me face. Because that's what I have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have faces. But yeah, this definitely sounds like a a, a song by Bobby Brown written, yeah. for, written by Babyface. Um. And uh, Bruno Mars himself, like, says that he wants to, he always tries to write simple songs. Um, do you see that, like, as possibly a detriment to him to where if he's trying to keep it too simple or, like, easy rhyme schemes or anything like that, that his songs may not have any depth to them? I don't think so, no. Um, I would almost kind of call that the um, the Nickelback Paradox, maybe. I mean that's exactly what Nickelback did. They their first album was like like a Nirvana, a mix between like Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Godsmack. It was like really kind of heavy, let's scream all the time music and then a producer was like, "Hey man, stop doing that." Like someone told him like, <laughs> "Maybe you should stop screaming in your songs and just like, you know, write relatable music." And they did that and boom, next thing you know, like they're larger than life. Um and he built it off of writing simple songs that everyone could relate to. He even said, I believe, they, he said in an interview I read right after they had come out with The State, he was like, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just trying to add our little spin to it. And so I've never, like, as long as you can be self-aware enough to admit that. Now, you know, if Bruno Mars is coming out here saying like, no, nah, man. I'm trying to be like the next Marvin Gaye. Then you're not doing it right. <laughs> then you're not oh. doing it right. You need to you need to go back into the lab and do something else. But he's just trying to make music that people have fun with, and I think he's doing that. Now this is um, was also I I I, w- I hadn't really looked into it until just now. Like his his previous production team was the Smeezingtons, mm-hmm. but now it's been pared down to. Um, himself, Brody Brown, and Philip Lawrence, and now they're shampoo, press, and curl. Mm-hmm. Fitting, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, interesting because yeah. before before we uh, went on air, I was trying to find what happened to the other guy. 
Yeah, I was curious about that. Mm, I don't know. Um, just dropped them. I don't know. Or maybe they went their own way, you know? Because <coughs> mm. I'm also I believe his name was Ari. With, uh, Ari something. Ari, Levi- Ari Levine. Ari Levine. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, when you go to the page, oh, well, Ari, the, yeah, Ari Levine left and he was pre- replaced by Brody Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just split up, mm-hmm. I guess. So well, we got to do something else here. Yeah. Um, Brody yeah. Brown comes from the uh, the fifteen and fifteen hundred or nothing, I guess, collective, which is like includes like like the likes of like James Fauntleroy, okay, and like a bunch of like a, a bunch of other different like musicians. Like they're like an actual band, mm-hmm. and like they. Like they, I, th- I know they play for they played for Lupe, they played for Snoop and Ti, I believe. But like they like play for like a bunch of other people too. Hmm. Um, yeah. As far as this uh, this album goes, uh, actually Bruno Mars had been in the studio with Skrillex. Basically, <laughs> think of that Back into the Future parody. Mm, I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> Have you seen that oh, Back to the Future parody on College Humor? Mm-mm. To where basically, like you know, the scene with um, where Marty like plays with uh, Marvin Berry's band at the, the <laughs> Enchantment of the Sea. It was his band. It was, but instead of instead of Marty McFly, it was um, it, it, well, it was Marty McFly, but instead of. Marvin Berry, it was <laughs> he's Marvin Skrillex. He's like, <laughs> so he calls Skrillex. So it's like, so Marty's playing dubstep, <laughs> the enchantment of the sea dance. It's like, hey, it's your cousin, your cousin, Marvin Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did, but Skrillex did say something that that kind of bothers me. He says, uh, um, what Bruno and I are doing is so different, awesome, and next level, and sounds like nothing else that's happened before. So, may he just he he probably thinks he invented dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> the the dubstep was invented by whoever invented the fax machine. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a person who's like who's too into up. like what they've done. He's just like, oh, like he was like, you know, you didn't invent dubstep. You just helped popularize it. No, I made it. I invented it. <laughs> <laughs> I outgored it, you know. Uh, he did say, Bruno Mars said that uh, there were no features on the album. Of course, there are not. Um, it did not feature any. So anything that he did with Skrillex is not on there. So that's good. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I'd be thoroughly impressed for Skrillex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like you really changed gears here yeah. again, because he was in a when he was in Jackie. a screamo band. Yeah, yeah but, oh, but wasn't yeah. he like in a metalcore band? He yeah. Did, yeah, yeah. He did a he did some work with um with Corn also. It wasn't very good. And but, then he went to dubstep. Yeah. And now he's doing um, old school R and B. That's that's too big of a jump. That's <laughs> talent, man. That's jump. talent, man. <laughs> um. But uh, Bruno Mars was looking for something more groove oriented for this particular album. And it definitely has that. Um, And he chose to emulate 
songs that he fell in love with as a kid. So that was Jimmy Jim and Terry Lewis in mm-hmm. New Edition, Bobby Brown, Joe to see Boyz II Men, Teddy Riley, and Babyface, of course. So uh, you you hear all of that in the um you hear all of that in this album. Um, and he was actually struggling to write new songs after Uptown Funk uh, was a success. Hmm. He was struggling to, to come up with new songs. Um, but he has this process. He's known as a perfectionist, but he clearly works faster than Dr. Dre. (laughs) Um, so like what, let me think of what, how I want to phrase this question. Um, how big of a risk do you think, how does it look to you as the, as a risk for him to put out an album like this, uh, considering the pop landscape of today being dominated by, you know, Max Martin? Well, not only is it dominated by Max Martin and, and, you know, Benny Blanco, <laughs> and and <Shellback>. <laughs> um, a lot of pop music is like, it's, it's a lot of pop music right now is down tempo. It's slowed. It's like, you know, trip hop and dream pop has really taken, has gotten its claws into pop music and kind of every song you hear now is like a really slowed down kind of, you know, and you got this out, you got this song that comes out and it's upbeat, like it's very upbeat, you know, and you had to wonder, was it going to work? I mean, like, yeah, Uptown Funk was huge. You got to wonder, do people want to hear that again with 24 Karat Magic, you know? And then you also got to wonder, like, you know, that's what I like is is like old school R&B meets like a, a semi trap beat, you know. So I do think there's a little bit of a like, uh, is this going to work? But I think that especially I have to imagine with his record company, he's built up clout. Mm-hmm. He's put out two hits, mm-hmm. like bona fide hits. He played the Super Bowl twice, essentially. You got to think that um, we, we're going to trust him. We're, we're going to trust him. And I think that's kind of what it came down to. This could have easily flopped. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it could have easily. Flopped. I think I feel like if it was someone else, yeah, like if it was if it was someone else, like I feel like I personally would have liked it if like even if it was someone else. But I feel like it would like the album itself wouldn't have been its that wouldn't have had its like big commercial success mm-hmm. success success. Like if it was like say like Chris Brown. Oh God! If Chris mm, Brown did this album. Uh, uh, it wouldn't have been as well written. <laughs> it would, I'd like, like, yeah, yeah. And would Chris Brown? I don't know who else could have done it. Would Chris Brown be writing anything on it? No, Chris Brown. Well, can't no, write. no. Well, I mean, he would get writing credit, kind of how Beyonce yeah. or Rihanna. He or, can write his you know, parole officer. Get... <laughs> 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 stop! I'm gonna stop. That's wrong. But I, I don't think it's as well written. And he doesn't get he doesn't get well-rounded songwriters. The thing about Bruno, someone like a Bruno Mars is, and this is why I believe all songwriters should you know branch outside of themselves. He listens to everything, like Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he listens. He's so like he's when he's writing an R and B song, he's bringing elements of everything, melody his 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 experiences, and his melodic ear from like every single genre of music he's putting it in there and it helps i swear to god that, that that's something i really think 
that helps out a Bruno Mars is that he does have this, like he likes everything. I mean, we're talking about on, um, an Orthodox jukebox. His first single was a police ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a song by the police. I think I think Bruno's greatest strength is that he's like a student of music as a yes. whole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's like he'd like I don't think I don't think I don't think Bruno Mars has like ever put out something where it was like, Oh, that's completely brand new that you made up. <laughs> but what he puts but what he puts out is like, Oh, that's that's well done. I've heard it before, but yeah. that's well done. Yeah. Like I would have sworn that like um, Andy Summer played on Locked Out of Heaven. Like it yep. sounded yeah. like I was like, that's gotta be taken from a police like, song. Like it was a police song with an MPC yeah. with the uh the I don't know if that's a yip sound or whatever like, that was in the chorus. He, he, on that same on that same album, uh what's the name? Moonshine. Yeah. That sounds like it could have been an unreleased song from the bad album. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a um um uh the song When I Was Your Man. Yeah. I feel like that's something like Elton John or <laughs> Billy, Billy Joel, Joel would have done. That bastard mm-hmm. Billy Joel. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. No, I could I could totally hear like I, I felt I felt like that had Elton John written all over it and I felt that just the way you are and I'm not even saying it just because, you know, he has a song called Just the Way You Are. That could have been like if Billy Joel came out now, I could have heard him doing a song like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm willing to bet he's a big Billy Joel Elton John fan. I'm willing to bet he is. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's uh I'm looking at like who he's who he worked with on here. Uh, there is a song like Too Good to Say Goodbye. Yeah. The the last track on the album was co written with Babyface. Uh um, Straight up and yeah. down. That's another song I like. Co-written with T Pain, and um, that oh duh, duh Fahim duh Fahim Fahim the Yeah, I was that like, is T Pain. Yeah, I forgot. And Shot. And, hmm? Co-written with and Shot. That, that song. Uh, oh yeah, he sampled Straight Shy. up and down. That's like a um, interpolation of a Shy song. Yeah. yeah, Baby, I'm Yours by Shy. Yeah. That's what it says on here. Yeah. Uh, I well, I guess I didn't catch it. Uh, Calling on my lovelies has additional vocals from Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Oh yeah, she's the girl on the phone. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I, I, like I, she answers I the phone. That. Hi, this is Halle Berry. <laughs> so, oh, I totally forgot that. So I totally even his forgot women that. are yes. vintage. Like he even goes back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Eartha Kitt's gonna be on the next. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hi, this Stop is Pam it. Greer. Hello. But you know, you know what? Hi, His, if he does another, if he does like, if "Calling Off My Lovelies" is a single, it probably won't be. But if it is, he should do a tribute to the movie Boomerang. Ooh. I, was about, I was just thinking that. I could see like that. have Grace Jones. <laughs> Grace Jones. <laughs> I could see him doing that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if. I mean, hell. Oh, I mean, but go all out. Get Halle Berry. Get Robin Givens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get Lila Rashawn. <laughs> what, what's Eddie doing? <laughs> Eddie Murphy would have to play like Chris Rock's character. You think so? Or or Martin Martin Lawrence, David Alvin Green. Get everyone. Get, get everyone. everyone. I'm about to look at this. I'm about to look at the cast. <laughs> like, what are they doing now? 
Who was that? Tisha Campbell was in it too. Yeah. Oh man, that that, that had a lot of star power in that movie. Well, black star power. Yeah, I appreciate it. Nineteen ninety two. Whoa, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that movie, old man. Good lord, are we sure everyone in this movie is alive? <laughs> Except for Eartha Kitt. Everyone else is alive, I think. <laughs> okay, so Eddie Murphy, Robin Givens, David Allen Greer, Martin Lawrence, wow. Grace Jones, Jeffrey Holder, Eartha Kitt, Chris Rock, Tisha Campbell, and Leela Rashawn. How old is she now? She will, she will forever be in her 30s to me. <laughs> She's 53. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, well, I would. Uh, I also see a, a, a blurb here about the artwork um, inspired by a musky cologne ad. <laughs> you know what? That makes sense. That makes total sense. Like, yeah. Like the ones you see in the magazine that has like the sh- the sample strip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm i I might be a little sad if he comes up with his own cologne though. Call twenty four care magic. No, no, no. Don't, don't do it. Other celebrities do it. Do- doesn't mean you have to. No. Licensing. <laughs> um. With the album, I, I was I saw something to where like he was pushed to have more songs. Um, okay, uh, it's only nine songs on the album, and it's thirty three minutes. The album is thirty three minutes long, and uh, slightly shorter than traditional albums, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, but I have seen like. Some artists come out with like EPs that are ten songs. Like it's not an EP anymore. <laughs> That's an okay. No, go ahead and call it what it is. <laughs> like, what? Why are you putting EP on it just because it? Just I don't know what what the point of that is. Yeah, like you you made an album, yeah. okay? Eight. Well, in some cases, seven songs is an album. Six mm-hmm. may be an EP, but seven you're pushing it. <laughs> I don't think that's an EP. No. Um. And uh, he said that uh, if I can't pull you in with nine songs, I'm not going to pull you in with 19. Hmm. So he's not going to, uh, I mean, he wasn't going to make it longer than he thought he had to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So this was almost an album with Skrillex. Sheesh. So he only did 10 for the last one for Unorthodox Jukebox. So I mean, yeah. he doesn't do... I mean, he he does seem to be you know quality, not quantity, unlike um, Chris <laughs> Brown. Like some artists try to uh, like have that approach, and I I would want to see more artists have that approach to kind of mm-hmm. push themselves. Like I heard Ludacris say once that when he makes his albums, he wants every song to possibly be a single, mm. every song, and. Uh, you don't get that a lot. Like a lot of times, you y'all, I don't, I don't know, but do you ever listen to an album and you hear songs like uh, this is this filler. is filler? Yeah, <clears throat> the deep cuts. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, like this is the point in the album where I can stop paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can go vacuum or wash dishes. Skip, or something. I skip over that, man. Just nah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think he wants to be a Gianni Versace? No, I don't think he wants to design clothes. Uh, I, like I said, he may want to just make his own cologne. 
but I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him calling it like I don't, I don't know. I was gonna say call it finesse, but I don't know. Maybe that's the that's the perfume. <laughs> finesse, finesse the perfume. By Bruno Mars. The 20. cologne is chunky. I don't know. <laughs> it smells it smells like a steak. It smells chunky. <laughs> um, or he could call it Versace yeah. on the floor because it makes the ladies put their Versace on the floor. Mm-hmm. Be, I don't know if he could use Versace. That'd be the which ad. is an interesting video. It's an interesting video. Once I learned how old Zendaya was. <laughs> yeah, she just. Or was she at the time? I I think she probably had just turned 18, 19. Yeah, she's young. I remember I remember watching that video like, oh, this is cool. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, is like she how old, old is to be this, doing this? This young lady. Yeah. How old is she? She's 21. Okay. She's 21 right now. So she was probably, she might have been 19 when the video was made. Like like just a short time ago, uh, her dad had to chaperone her on a date with Odell Beckham Jr., Oh, oh my! So, Why was Odell? How old is Odell Beckham? <laughs> he's like twenty four. Yeah, yo, Odell, yeah, he is a part Odell, of the emo generation. He is. I forgot. I just Google. I put in Wikipedia OBJ, and you get him. Hence <laughs> all the hence all the dance moves. He's twenty five. So okay. I guess you know. Yeah. But yeah, her her dad chaperoned them. That's funny. The <laughs> um. Oh, she was Brandy. <laughs> he was Kobe Bryant. Was Kobe Bryant. He was Kobe, <laughs> a dancing Kobe. Yeah, dancing Kobe. <laughs> um, so like, what were? Uh, I'll ask you this first, Brandon. That what what stood out to you as far as like anything with production or songwriting that kind of really jumped out at you while listening to this album? But. It, <laughs> It was like I was like I was saying before. It's like I don't, I don't think he ever does anything that's completely brand new. But in his like, I guess you could call it like a, his homages to to earlier like songs. Like he does it like well. Like mm-hmm. there's like uh, like but like that's what I like. It's like it's like it's half your your run-of-the-mill 90s R&B song, but it still, like, has, like, a trap bop to it. Yeah, it does. And that, like, well, I guess you call that a, a new thing. <laughs> yeah, it is almost as if, like, what would, what would um, R&B have sounded like in the 90s if people were using trap beats? You kind of get exactly. that feeling. And, and like Brandon's saying, like, he... He has he he is a student of music and he has a respect for the music. So he's it's kind of like he's not exploiting it. He's actually like this is probably the album he's always wanted to make. Like yeah. you know he might have been a kid like man if I could make an album I'd make one just like Johnny Gill, and now I can. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'd make an album just like you know more than the time. Now I can, and it's just like he's like, and and instead of like doing covers of other people's songs yeah. during during a show, it's like I have these original songs yeah. that I can do that sounds exactly like that. I always wanted to make a song like Sting, and now I can. <laughs> and now I can. Yeah, you know he's you know I'm curious to hear what he does next 
Exactly. Will he, like I, you know, I have no idea where he can go from here. Because I think the most original album that he has done was probably Duops and Hooligans, just because he was just making a straight up pop album, probably to get his foot in the door. Yeah. And then Unorthodox mm-hmm. Jukebox came out. And he was like, "All right, here are my influences. <laughs> like, just throw them out uh, well, the table." I, the only thing to think of is that he has to have more influences if he if he is portraying his influences in his music. It doesn't stop here no. as far as what he's influenced mm-hmm. by. I mean, his next album, he may be, oh, I was listening to a lot of, you know, James Taylor and Gordon Lightfoot. I and- could the- <laughs> In so- my head, I'm like, I was like, flannel. I was listening to Nirvana. <laughs> and he makes it. The makes whole a rock band album. is wearing flannel now. Yeah. He makes a rock record. And he's like, you know, he's got, oh, this one sounds like Soundgarden. This one sounds like Pearl Jam. No, this oh, you know what? Like if Stone he, Temple Pilots. If he made a rock album, just because based on one of my favorite movies, I think it'll be something that sounds like Genesis when Phil Collins became the lead singer. I could hear heavy, still heavy synth, mm. but it's got a bit of an edge. Yeah, I could hear that. Invisible touch. Yeah. We're giving him <laughs> ideas. Yeah. We need to we need to trademark these. Have or they ever covered Understanding? <laughs> Have they ever covered any Genesis? Because if so, that that might be what he does next. <laughs> like if they're up there, like there must be some understanding, and it's just like the next album is like twenty four karat magic. <laughs> I could hear. I mean, like that would be interesting. Um, I would say maybe he might go more no jacket required. Yeah, more you know? Phil Collins then. Yeah, more, more Phil, Phil Collins, Collins than Genesis. Or maybe he goes for all of their side projects. So he goes Mike more, the Mechanics. Mike the Mechanics. <laughs> Peter Gabriel. You know, like some Peter Gabriel, like he does like an in your eyes style. So I could hear that, you know. I mean, I'm very curious to hear what he does next, because like we're we are hearing his influences. Or will he just do more of this? You know? Yeah, but his his influences seem to be a little bit broader than just I love the '90s R and B. Yeah, you know. Was well, it that he's also um, well his appearance, his second appearance at the Super Bowl at Super Bowl Fifty, mm-hmm. seven of the songs were done by that time. Oh my! <laughs> no, but the no. album was was it going to be it, it? It was probably going to be released earlier in 2016, mm-hmm. but because of the Super Bowl performance, they put it off. Because um, I think Uptown Funk was still was people still were still popping. playing that, so they they delayed it a few more months, and it was released in October of 2016. Um, they say he's a perfectionist, but. I guess compared to Dr. Dre, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> look, you know, he, he it didn't seem like he really took that long. No. Well, he's probably a perfectionist, <laughs> I think, as a writer. Um, I don't know much about him as a musician other than, you know, the killer drum solo he does in the Super Bowl he's coming out, as which was kind of like his, like, you know, the world meets Bruno Mars. But, like, I think as a writer, because I will say while he's not doing anything that's mind-blowing or brand new, his songwriting, in my opinion, is very tight. I don't want to say formulaic, but it's just very tight. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do think that he he doesn't waste his words and he doesn't waste his chords. Oh, we have a visitor. <laughs> we have Stable in here. Um, now, uh, for those who followed 
uh, Bruno Mars career. He started off as an Elvis impersonator as a child. Makes sense. Um, also impersonated Michael Jackson and little Richard. Um, and his dad, uh, had an extensive doo-wop collection. It appears. So, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he was also listening to little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Frankie Lyman, uh, so doo-wops and hooligans was influenced partially by that. And things he grew up, he started listening to the R&B of the time, like we were. Key Sweat, Jodeci, R. Kelly. And um, he also says he is influenced by Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and Stevie Wonder and Freddie Mercury and Bob Marley while he was living in Hawaii. So that was by proxy there. These are good influences. Uh, he's also inspired by Jimi Hendrix and Amy Winehouse and Sly Stone and Carlos Santana. So he knows what we could hear, man. So it could, he could really go anywhere. Yeah. Um. But if he wanted, if he wanted to kind of stay in the eighties a little bit, yeah. Yeah the the Phil Collins Genesis Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Um. Around eight between eighty three and eighty six, and I would love to. I would love to hear him make his his no jacket required or his butt seriously, like that would be, and make it and do it like Phil did. Make it socially conscious, like make some social, like, yeah. like so make a you know give us your version of another day in paradise, you know. Like I'd be curious to hear, not him cover that, but just like you know. What would be like, you know, maybe you don't like what's going on in the world and you make an updated type of song like Another Day in Paradise. Yeah, just to be socially conscious. I think that's really the only thing. I mean, I don't think he gets criticized for it. I wouldn't criticize him for it. I wouldn't. Um, But it's just something that we have not gotten from him yet. And, you know, what better time than now? To do something like it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I look forward to something like that from him. What do you think, Brandon? That, I, yeah, that's that. That's the cool. That's the cool thing. It's like you don't know what's coming next. As opposed to, we can kind of guess what a what a new weekend album is going to sound like. We can kind of <laughs> guess yeah. what Chris Brown's next album is going to sound like. We could even guess like the lyrics with those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and I think the also the the cool thing about Bruno Mars is the is the fact that he has a band. Too like it's not just yeah. these are some guys I hired like it's like like a, almost like a James Brown in the in the flames yeah in the famous flames it's like people like people know the band almost as much as they know him yeah like they're like they'll see like they might not know his name but like oh you're with you're with Bruno Mars like you're the guy doing moonwalks back and forth yeah <laughs> does he treat them like Billy Joel treated his band. <laughs> Oh, if his know. manager steals oh, money from him, if the if his manager steals money from him, we're gonna see him on TV with the sunglasses. Like everybody just wants, just wants you know, more, they just want more, you know, and they just you know, it's just I'm Bruno like, Mars. I guess, I guess he had like if he, I guess he hasn't done it yet because to my knowledge, he's had the same band since the first album. Hey, Bruno, mm. so did Billy Joel, man, and then just next thing you know. Yeah, and then sunglasses like, and Elizabeth. Uh, <laughs> what's this? Well, it's I mean, like, oh, but oh, what if Billy Brinkley. wants to Christy, lay down? Christy Brinkley, yeah, <laughs> sunglasses and Christy Brinkley, and 
you know, and, and Billy needs to, might want to lay down and <laughs> Bruno might want to lay down. Yeah. That's what it's like. Hey man, uh, can I get on the plane? Bruno might want to lay down. Slam. <laughs> hey, oh, and that's another, another James Brown wasn't the nicest person to his band either. He was not. <laughs> um, it says here that, uh, Philip Lawrence, uh, said that what people don't know is there's a darker underbelly to Bruno Mars. <laughs> Nevertheless, most of his music is romantic, and Mars himself says, "I blame that on me singing to girls back in high school." Man, everybody saw the girls back in high school, college. That that was yeah. Once you found out you as a dude who can sing, once you found out you could sing, you did it as much as you could. As much as you could. <laughs> yeah, to anyone who would listen. <laughs> and uh, I think that. Um, Uh, I, yeah, I, I, he could go, he could, it's, it's really more unpredictable than, um, than anyone, I guess would want to mention. Um, but I think what is going to be what we're going, what we know of, like, like I said, with, with the weekend and Chris Brown, we know what their songs are going to be about. Yeah, they don't we can guess much. some of the lyrics. We know the weekend is going to make you know, reference to prescription drugs mm-hmm. and, and illegal whatever car. Too. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and Chris Brown, uh, it will be about, um, something and yeah. marijuana. He'll be derogatory to <laughs> women. We know that he'll, he'll disrespect. Now, <laughs> now I'm really about to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he'll, he'll, I, I was so glad you got y'all caught that too. It's like, did no oh, one else hear him say I, that? I rewound that part. I was like, say that again? Okay. <laughs> yeah, be mean. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we don't know what, what he's going to, uh, what he's going to do next. Um, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I, I'm I'm criticizing him less. Like I said, I I didn't like Locked Out of Heaven. And, I love Locked Out of Heaven. Um, and Treasure. And I I <laughs> I didn't like Uptown Funk. Not really because of him, just because it was played so much. Yeah. They said like during the yeah. the twenty, I think it was a 2015 NBA All Star Weekend. They played that song at every commercial break. Like they're going into commercial, coming out of commercial, (laughs) uh, presenting the players for the next, uh, the next competition. (laughs) They kept playing that song. And, and the, the, it takes like the, that weekend, it was in New York, but, um, like Uptown Funk could mean like Uptown could be anywhere, (laughs) but like they just co-opted that song and it it just bugged me. That's I can't. That's why I can't stand the song. Not really because of him, but um, I do. I, I you know yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it and um, to see what he does next. Or Brad, did you have any any other ideas of where he could go next with his next album if he were if he were portraying his influences? I have not the slightest clue. It's like I just say so he he can go anywhere. With it, I don't know. Maybe like he could do like uh, I don't know, like a like a. Well, I guess doo-wop and hooligan was already like a doo-wop. Yeah, well, not really, but he can do like an actual 
like with like Motown sound sounding mixing, you know, with yeah. the really airy drum, airy snare drums. Yeah. Uh, do you know what that means? He's getting the Dap Kings on his next <laughs> album. <laughs> That's who he's getting next. I wouldn't mind hearing him do like go the way of Huey Lewis in the news, Billy Joel, and then I guess to the extent as well, Boys and Men. Do an acapella song. Like just a straight having a straight acapella yeah. track. I think that'd be pretty cool. Even if he wants to go like and do like Huey Lewis in the News did, covering a Curtis Mayfield song find an old song and cover it acapella or come up with their own. I mean, either one would be cool. I think, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah but I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for the Phil Collins esque album, just because I would like to hear him make his version of, but seriously. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Or even if he, or I don't know. I just, I'm curious to hear what he'll do. I'm just, or any I'm just any excited. of those like, but seriously, no jacket required. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, I must be going. Yeah, any any of those. Because um, we haven't yeah. had a we haven't had a Phil Collins probably since Phil Collins, and by that I mean like a mature mm-hmm. adult pop star. That's what he was. He dressed in suits and performed. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't. He was balding. And he wasn't afraid of it, you know. We yeah. haven't had a pop star like that since the '80s. And he's had, he had a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like his videos, his videos were they were all over the place. Yeah, but he had a sense of humor with it, and people were still buying it. Yeah, so I think that'd be pretty cool. I would love to get um, get an album like that and have him turn into, you know, that pop star. All right. Um, not if Bieber does it first. Man, I would not. Oh, I would not see that coming. I'm still convinced that Bieber. I I still think deep down Bieber wants to be the next R. Kelly. Like after I heard journals, I was like, he wants to be R. Yeah. Kelly. Like he doesn't want to be this. He made um. Well, I can't remember the album that came after journals. Um, the latest one that he just did. That I think purpose. Purpose. Uh, purpose. Yeah. I think he made purpose just to get some money. Like is that's going to fund journals part two? <laughs> yeah, that's going to fund journals part two. I'm waiting to hear it. I don't. I bet he doesn't like any songs on on purpose. Interesting enough, on journals, that like the majority of that was written by a guy named Pooh Bear. Really? And he like and he did um he wrote like a ton of one twelve stuff. Yeah, I know Pooh. Mm. That's crazy. I didn't know Pooh Bear did all the a lot of the writing on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, and as we mentioned, Twenty Four Karat Magic nominated for Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my pick to win. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, who who else is who else is in the category again? Uh, I think it's Awaken My Love, Four Forty Four, Damn, and a Melodrama by Lord. What? <laughs> yeah, Lord. Yeah, that, yeah. that was I, I snuck that. in. Um, because surprise, because we talked when we talked about like surprisingly, um, Ed Sheeran and The Weeknd were not nominated for Album of the yeah. Year, and I thought they were hmm. shoe ins, easy. I didn't listen to all of Divide, so I don't know how good that one was. But yeah, no, that was that was a huge shock. Like you, you would figure they would just get in there off of name alone. And maybe they're just, that's what they're saying. Like, hey, man, it's, you got to do more than name. So, yes, Awake My Love, 444, Damn, Melodrama, 24 Carry Magic. Yep. 
That's the feel. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I would like to see Donald Glover take home uh, album of the year Grammy, I, I would have to give this one a 24K, 24 karat magic. Yeah, I think Awake, I feel like Awaken My Love was kind of a nod to him for saying, like, we respect what you've done. Because I've listened to the album and, like, top to bottom, it's, it's not as solid as the other ones on this album. Yeah. But it's, like, it's definitely, like, it's creative and adventurous. Like, you, yeah. like, he definitely went into uncharted territory, especially for a rapper. <laughs> Like he went into completely uncharted territory, and I think they're just saying like we see you. Well, I yeah. mean, it's kind of like him being like he kind of went in a different direction as like okay, he's he's been rapping all this time. Now he's gonna you know sing more mm-hmm. um, while wearing yeah. glitter jeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he um, he kind of went in like kind of how like Kanye did, where he made these rap albums and then he makes eight oh eight and heartbreak. Yeah. Or Drake doing what he did and then making uh, views. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it's but instead of like, oh, let's try another cool genre uh, that people kind of like right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go back to. Um, <laughs> I've been listening up. to Maggot Rain a whole yeah. lot. Dig up so. <laughs> Dig up Bootsy. And it's like, <laughs> and then on top of that, he had a hit from it, and yeah. I think that was probably uh-huh. what was even more impressive. Like you had a hit, <laughs> like on an album yeah. that you know people probably, and it is kind of reminiscent of 808s, where when you hear 808s, you're like, no way, there's a hit from this album, and then you get Heartless. You hear Awake of My Love, no way, there's a hit from this, and then you get I was about to call it Get Out. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> But, you know, like, you don't expect, you know, you don't expect it. You don't expect Redbone, but you get it. Yeah. You, you, it showed up to the party. <laughs> and uh, kind of right on time. Uh, he's going to be performing at the Grammys as well. Uh, I think the Finesse remix is going to be, they're going to perform that at the oh, Grammys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Cardi B, yeah. they hit the big time. Oh my gosh, she might be number one on the Hot 100 that week on the Artist no, the 100. Artist 100? Yeah, it might be she her. She might be it number might one. Be her. <laughs> Twerking on stage. You think I can't her? wait to see the the like the crowd reactions. Because like, yeah, remember when Kendrick Lamar performed um, with Imagine Dragons? I for- no, he performed. I forget the name of the song. I forget what song he performed, but he was like, it was like the jail setup. Oh, oh uh, he yeah. did uh, all right. Yeah. And all the black people was like, yes. And like literally everyone else is like, oh, my God. I don't know how to feel. What am I watching? I don't know how to feel. Do I cheer or do I like, you know, do I just look in shock? Or or it just might be. um, I'm not sure who was. I'm not. I'm not sure who was performing at the time. But there was one year where they showed like Taylor Swift. She danced to awkwardly dancing to everything. (laughs) Awkwardly dancing to everything. She even danced the playoff music. Like she just danced. Like everything. Oh my god, I love Kendrick Lamar. And, and the hilarious thing, it'll be her and like four other girls, and like the four other girls are like dancing normally, and it's just <laughs> she sticks out like a sore thumb because she's like tall and lanky, and she's like it's like watching a basketball player dance <laughs> like amongst normal people. It's like just sit down, like you're just. Then you, you know they made fun of that like and like very well on Family Guy where she just starts like acting. 
look like she's seizing or whatever. <laughs> like, this is how I dance. It's just like, yeah, poor girl. But uh, she, she'll be okay. Yeah, she's she's going to be nominated for album of the year next year. We'll see. Uh, a lot of people don't like this record. This is maybe yeah. this is her divide. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. people didn't like um, nineteen nine either. Well, her fans, well, they eat up anything she she puts see, out. See, that's going to be enough. We'll see if, if like they got to get somebody. Like Adele didn't make an album this year. No, Adele is not here. But Taylor Taylor Swift didn't either. So yeah. next year, oh well, Taylor Swift me now. We got to put her in there. Yeah, Adele's taking at least five years off. Race her <laughs> so. chillings. So yeah, unless we get another um, pop star that comes out there. Well, Katy Perry's flopping, so hey, we can't put her up can't there. Put it, no, can't put her on there. Like, uh. We can't nominate Witness. <laughs> she has a song with the Migos. We can't nominate this. When will she learn? <laughs> we, we let the Kanye West collaboration slide, but then when she Juicy J, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, and the Migos. And now you're doing the Cabbage Patch with the Migos on she's, SNL. She's gone too far. We must send a message. <laughs> this is not okay, Katy Perry. This is not okay. Oh no! It might just be like, well, we 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 can't we can't nominate her. We don't want to upset Taylor. Okay. <laughs> Oh God, that'd be awful. <laughs> that would that. Oh God, maybe then maybe Katy Perry should like, make a diss Katy song. Perry's never won a Grammy, and if she even got close to winning one, that would really upset Taylor. As long as Taylor is awkwardly walking this earth, <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry will never. Oh, she's like Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> like she never he made he never made it to the dream team because of Jordan. <laughs> Taylor Swift's like, she goes to the Grammy headquarters every year. She's like, so, uh, I don't know if you heard, but I dropped an album. They have to push, they go ahead and push the Katy Perry to the side. <laughs> like, this would have been the year, but Taylor said no. And, you know, of course, we all bow to Taylor Swift. <laughs> the musical Illuminati. All right. Uh, well, since we've gone off topic already, uh, that will do it for our discussion on Bruno Mars 24 Karat Magic. Um, we'll get to my earworm of the week. Ooh, what you got? So this is a song. Um, what's from the We Lit playlist? Yeah, but sorry, I you go to it. it. Sorry, but I already put it on the on the earworm <laughs> list, so I need to go to that. So uh, this is a band called Neon Indian, uh, probably primarily known for their song Polish Girl. But they had an uh, they they put out an album. This was from 2015 called Vega International Night School. And while this is sounds like a danceable song, it's kind of like the lyrics are kind of depressing because it's about like uh, how um, landlords like try to take advantage of people and kick them out of their apartments. <laughs> um, so uh, this is a slumlord by Neon Indian and uh, we'll play that and we'll be right back.
All right, that is Slumlord by Neon Indian from their album Vega International Night School. Not bad. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I had no idea where it was going to go from the yeah, intro, I <laughs> which I really, really like. I was like, oh, what is this? That's your choice <laughs> instrumental for a second. <laughs> So yeah, uh, check that out on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. Which is awesome, by the way. As being a guy who recently transferred over to Spotify, that that really, really solid playlist. Welcome to Spotify. It's awesome, right? (laughs) It's very much so awesome. Yeah. So uh, you have come along just in time to enjoy Hot Rod Hearts yeah. by Robbie Dupree. That was the first song I looked for. Come the hungry shark uh, the water for another bite. I was like, I was like that's awesome. And then I listened to it like 10 times back to back. I can't remember. I think it was. I think it was. And another th- awesome thing about Spotify is the Discover Weekly playlist, which is I'm fairly certain that's where that came from. Mm. It was on my Discover Weekly. I don't know what I had to be listening to at the time for them to give me that song. Um, but I don't know. I was, was listening it, to something. Was it the Eddie Yacht Rock? Maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe I was listening to a lot of Yacht Rock at the time, like some Bertie Higgins. Maybe. <laughs> well, I know I was listening to some Seals and some Seal and Crofts and Seal, yeah. and some other stuff. Like there are some other artists, and I've never heard of these people, but like this is Yacht Rock. Like I don't know what time and place you came from, but this is Yacht. I, I started calling it Yarrow for short. Yep. So <laughs> like, this is definitely Yarrow. All right, so that will do it for our. Uh, program here um ben why don't you tell the people where we can be found all right so if you're watching us right now as a hi how you doing you're watching us on facebook so you know congratulations you've you've got our facebook page yes um (laughs) (laughs) facebook.com slash by the time you hear this um go there you know we, we 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 get on camera we do this i think we've how long ago did we start? Was it three, four months ago? Maybe I can't remember. Yeah. Time goes by quickly, but we started doing it and, uh, we like it. You know, it's kind of cool. It, you know, helps get us boost for the show. And, um, I think, you know, my opinion, it gets us out to some people who otherwise probably wouldn't really know about the show. You know, yeah. maybe they don't look for the podcast, but they see the video that we share. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, feel free to share the stream. Um, if you see us, you know, if you happen to see it and you're watching, feel free to yeah. share to the share video it. or share the link to the um, to the episode when we post. it. Yeah. Um, other place you can find us uh, by the time you hear this dot com. Go on there. Check us out. We post our episodes and stuff there. Um, if you want to find us on IG, Instagram for short, um, you can find us there at by the time you hear this. Um, the website and the Facebook is spelled with the word you. The uh, Instagram and our email address, by the time you hear this at gmail.com, is spelled with the letter U, and that is because we are not under investigation, <laughs> and we are upstanding. And we're understanding, too. Yes. Yes. In 2018, we're understanding. Um, something like that, yeah. So, <laughs> of course, if you want to listen to us, just listen to us. Potomatic. You can find us on iTunes, on that their iPhone, the uh, Apple Podcast Player. Uh, Google Music app, the yellow triangle, because they're all triangles on Android. Um, you can find us on Auto Radio, Overcast, Castbox, 
um, tune in. I said tune in radio already. Yes. Satchel podcast player, auto radio, um, overcast. I feel like I'm repeating myself yeah, at this point. I think you got them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And as of course, like we always say, any other podcast aggregate, um, app, which there are plenty of them out there. God bless them. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And, uh, well, we will be mixed with, uh, Brandon. Can you tell the people where you can be found if you want yeah, to be found? If you want to be found. I can be found at youtube.com slash beats by hawk or on my Instagram at father underscore clef. And it's the same on Twitter, I believe. You'll know you'll find me if you see a black family guy character. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that. That's your new picture. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Just make sure that is added to the show notes. You'll see all of that for all the proper spellings of everything. Now, there's a lot more people at home on a Friday night than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for watching us yeah. on a Friday night. Um, okay. So trying to find a song <laughs> that we can end it with. Um, I wanted to use one of these remixes here. Uh, there is a, that's what I like. Blackjack remix which I did here on the drive here. Okay. And there's a, that's what I like party next door remix. As in like the rapper. Yeah. Slash mm. singer. Uh, there is also a Versace on the floor. Uh, Bruno Mars versus David Guetta. That's what it says. <laughs> oh, let me fight. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and of course there's the finesse remix with Cardi B loving hip hop legend, Cardi B. Um, I'm pretty sure that might be the number one song in a month. It shot up. Could really be next quickly. week. Yeah, it could be next week. Honestly. Hmm. You want to choose, Brandon? Uh, I would say the Versace on the floor. David Guetta. Uh, well, versus David Guetta. Yeah. I always found it <laughs> hilarious when they say versus. Because I'm expecting like, a fight. Yeah, like no one's this person. Right. <laughs> but uh, no one's fighting. Everyone's getting along. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's Versace on the floor. Yeah. And who wins? The dance floor wins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Blood is on the dance floor. <laughs> so then that means we should evacuate the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Okay. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll do with that. Uh, Versace on the floor. Bruno Mars versus David Guetta. We'll end the show with that. Uh, thank you, everyone, to for listening, of course. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace.